Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in more content like this and podcasts in the future, stay tuned because it's only going to get better from here. The world is in our hands. Let's do something with it. Welcome back to another episode of Zendependently Minded, uh, MMA Minded specifically. So on this episode of MMA Minded, <clears throat> I'm just going to react to UFC 246 and discuss a few takeaways. So to start off in the beginning, um, I, I was a little disappointed in Anthony Pettis' performance against, um, what was his name, Diego Ferreira, or Ferreira, how, that's how the way that they were pronouncing it. Um, a little disappointed with his performance. Um, he, his ground game was kind of exposed uh, in the past, but more so recently against Nate Diaz. He really showed a weakness on the ground. And uh, Diego Ferreira really took advantage of that weakness in uh, on the fight night, um, UFC 246. And Anthony Pettis just didn't. He looked like he knew, um, besides his reversals and turning around and getting out of compromising positions on the ground, he really looked like an amateur when it came to wrestling. And as a, as a fight fan, an MMA fan, I was a little disappointed. I've never been too huge of an Anthony Pettis fan, but you got to give the guy credit. He's fought everybody and everybody in between. So um, he's just, he just caught a bad break recently, and I hope he can pick things up. Um, that being said, I would like to see possibly an Anthony Pettis and Donald Cerrone. I think they fought before, so possibly a rematch between those two. Um, I wanted Donald Cerrone to retire after this fight. This was supposed to be his big payday, but clearly he looks like he he, he sounds like, and he has said, and he stated before that he's not done fighting and that he doesn't think he'll ever be done fighting, which is scary, um, given uh, there's been a, a long, long history, many, many examples of combat sports athletes and just athletes in general who held on for too long. And hopefully Donald Cerrone has a good group of people around him and some family members and has some talks and possibly has only a couple more fights in him. That being said, I would like to see Anthony Pettis uh, get a win because last time he won was against Wonderboy, and it was it was a pretty exciting and shocking win, especially in the fashion that he won. He Superman punched uh, Wonderboy off of the cage, and it was pretty exciting, pretty shocking because nobody knocks out Wonderboy. Hopefully we see Anthony Pettis bounce back. Moving on to the main event, uh, which is the next biggest fight to me. Um, I didn't really see anything coming from the other fights on the card, especially the Alexia Linick one. I mean, the guy's really old. Uh, he's he's a good fighter. He's fought everybody. He's fought for a long time. I think they said he has a, he has a fight in four separate decades, coming from the 90s, uh, 2000s, the 10s, and this decade. He has a win, I think, in of course, in each of those decades, but... I don't see him getting a title shot. I don't see him making it um, much much noise in the top 15 or top 5, becoming a contender or anything like that. And also, Holly Holm, he, she's already titled, or she's already challenged Amanda Nunes uh, in that weight division. She got whooped. She got beat pretty convincingly. So I don't think see anything coming from that fight. Um, obviously, the main event was spectacular. Um, 
I don't really have to say it, but you guys know how I am with Conor McGregor. Here in Germany, the fight was on at 5.30 in the morning, and you know that I was up for that whole entire fight card. Um, the anticipation was amazing. Um, something that really stood out to me and something that I've noticed lately and I've stated on podcasts is online communities, they really don't matter in real life. Uh, if you go on Twitter, you go on comment section on any Facebook post, video on YouTube about Conor McGregor, you see a lot of trolls, a lot of haters downplaying every little thing that he's done, talking about no title defenses. He's taking the easy route with Donald Cerrone, should have fought Justin Gaethje, which is BS because who did Justin Gaethje just fight? Why are Justin Gaethje fans, including Justin Gaethje, giving Conor McGregor trash for taking Donald Cerrone fight win? By that logic, Justin Gaethje's a coward too because Tony Ferguson sent Donald Cerrone through the cheese grater and he took that fight. And using that logic, it was an easy fight. He's a coward too. But anyways, um, a lot of you'll see a lot of people, especially on Twitter, talking about how the fans have abandoned Conor McGregor and, oh, I used to be a fan. I won't be cheering for him. But none of those people are actually going to the fights because the second Conor McGregor does his walkout, that whole entire arena is erupting. It's insane. It's loud. Even watching it at home on TV live, you can... You can just feel that energy. You can feel the vibe, and it's really exciting. It's an exciting time to be a fight fan, not just for Conor McGregor, but for even the casual fan. Now is the time to start paying attention to the UFC. But obviously, Conor McGregor knocks out Donald Cerrone. I think the official time was 40 seconds, or maybe it was 38. I honestly wasn't expecting Conor to come out and really sprint at Cowboy, but it was a smart move because... Obviously, there's a lot of respect between the guys at the press conference. There's little to no trash talk or insults. Um, just the usual fight banter that goes on between fighters in any combat sport, um, in any press conference. So it was it was nice to see a respectful Connor and Cowboy, but I don't think Cowboy was expecting him to come running at him. And he threw that left punch, the, the infamous left punch, the left straight, that, that two that everyone knows that everyone recognizes and will hurt and damage and knock down even a middleweight, I believe. Um, he missed, and because Cowboy kind of ducked under, and then Connor very quickly uh, reacted and brought up his his knee and kind of landed his calf and knee on Cowboy's face, and then they got into the clinch, and then we saw something super interesting. Um, I had a friend actually ask me if, if anybody's ever done that kind of move before where he's thrusting his shoulder which it is it's not a very common thing to do in the clinch because there's a lot more effective and damaging strikes like um punches to the to the cheek or even elbows or trying to get the double under hooks and then um dropping a knee into their face or i guess swinging a knee up into their face whatever you may call it but it was a it was a technique that i've seen a few times before um it's just a little it's a little rare. It's under. It's an underutilized technique, and uh, another friend had asked me if that was even legal, which it is, of course, but it was surprising to Cowboy. Uh, he said even after, and you could tell if you look at his face and his body language, he was a little confused, a little disoriented, and a little surprised. Um, it was just really smart. You could tell that Connor did his homework. He did his film study, and he implemented a lot of smart things. 
Shout out to him and John Kavanaugh. Uh, he obviously had a very good camp. It wasn't just talk. It reflected in his performance. And he, as a fight fan, and uh, a lot of analysts have spoken about it, uh, a lot of people obviously give the edge to Cowboy on the ground game and possibly even in the grapple because a lot of Cowboy's takedowns stemmed and kind of chained from the clinch game. And that was something that obviously Connor recognized and he worked on and it was very smart. And once they broke apart, Cowboy's nose was looked like it was already broken. He was pouring blood and Connor threw, landed a few flush punches and put him down with the head kick and that was it. Um, Herb Dean did a good job paying attention to Cowboy's body um, body language and he saw he was intelligently defending himself and gave him enough time to do something and it's a good stoppage to me. Uh, maybe a little late you could say but there's always going to be people who disagree on stoppages and stuff like that but overall it was a it was a surprising performance. I knew Connor was going to knock out Cowboy. I had no doubt in my mind and he just looked better than ever. He looked sharp. Uh, there's some things he obviously can work on that he's aware of and it's easier said than done but it's going to be exciting and the the biggest thing that I took away from this fight was just like Dana White had said like Connor had said he's happy um his focus little is a little more there he's his head's in the right spot um he's not taking everything personal like he did with Khabib and I'm I'm excited I I like I like this revitalized and refocused Connor and I'm excited to see what the rest of 2020 and beyond carries for him. I hope he stays in the UFC uh, longer, and I hope he breaks more records and possibly gets a title back before he goes to boxing, because I know he wants to go to boxing. He's got a taste of that boxing money. He wants that boxing world championship, and I think he could get it. I really genuinely think he could get it, and I'm a huge boxing fan too. Uh, speaking of boxing, I'm going to have my first boxing podcast on this uh, channel slash podcast it's going to be called squared circle um it's gonna it's gonna be here in the next week or week and a half and i'm going to be discussing uh deontay wilder and tyson fury uh the rematch so uh, what i think is next for connor is obviously he has a, a wide range of opponents um everyone wants to fight him just like he's basically the Floyd Mayweather, when it comes to business and financials, he's basically the Floyd Mayweather of the UFC because everybody wants to fight him because they know it's the money t fight. Um, he has a reputation. He's notorious. It's his nickname. Everyone wants to fight him. So he really, he pro he has handfuls of opponents he could fight. I know he, he said anybody could get it. Um, he's, he's got his eye on Kamara Usman, Jorge Masvidal, and he even called out Paul Felder, which is not a good matchup for Paul Felder. I don't care what anyone says. Paul Felder just barely cracked the top 15, I believe, or I think when he fights when he fights Dan Hooker, that will be his first top 15 opponent. He doesn't want that smoke. Um he wouldn't he wouldn't last long with Connor, but anybody um who gets to fight Connor is blessed, like he said. Uh whoever gets chosen, they'll be blessed that he chose him because it's the money fight. It's a big opportunity to fight a big name. But what, who I'd like to see fight next. So there was, there was a lot of buzz on Twitter, uh, a lot of buzz on social media. A lot of people congratulated him. But there's a few haters. Uh, a given was Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz was just talking about everything was fake, everything was weak. And I just, 
I mean, it's, it's more of the same for Nate Diaz. He, he's a sore loser, him and his brother. Uh, Nick Diaz is more likable because he's, he's a lot, I think he's a lot better of a fighter, but Nate Diaz is 20 and 15. What is there to say? The, the guy's not that good. He's a sore loser. He, he loves attention and he would get pieced up. And I think if they were to fight the trilogy, Connor and Nate Diaz, Connor would probably, he would finish him. Jorge Masvidal was going to finish him if, if the doctor didn't stop that BMF fight. So I got nothing really more to say about Nate Diaz. And then the other person who was, who made a, a little bit of a trash talking post was uh, Justin Gaethje. That was not a surprise either. Justin Gaethje keeps repeating the same old thing. He sounds like a broken record. He begging. He's practically begging like Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman for a fight with Connor and talks about how. Connor took the bitch way out by fighting Donald Cerrone, but he just fought him. I'm kind of tired of hearing that excuse, but I don't really engage in like banter on the internet because I've said like none of those people actually matter in in the real world. So what I like to see for Connor is I really honestly I know the fan favorite is for him to fight Jorge Masvidal. I think that would be a very tough fight for Connor because of how rapid of a pace. Um, Jorge sets like uh, in the beginning and just throughout the fight until the later rounds he kind of slows down but Connor is the same way too so I think it would be a stylistic it's a that's a dream come true matchup honestly for any casual or very very dedicated combat sports and MMA fan so but I honestly would rather see Connor go back to 155 I want to see him make weight and I want to see him fight Justin Gaethje I know he says that he doesn't believe that UFC 249 is going to go down between Tony Ferguson and Khabib. And if you look at the, if you look at the history, um, I mean, if you were to bet on someone missing weight, uh, which would be Khabib, or someone getting injured, Tony Ferguson, or just any kind of pullout, I mean, history shows it's they're zero on four and making that fight happen. So we'll see if Connor is on standby for that, or if Connor fights Justin Gaethje or if Justin Gaethje rematches Dustin Poirier and Connor has to find a new opponent fights Jorge Kamaru Usman there's a lot of fights a lot of possibilities on the table and uh, I'm just very excited and happy to have Connor McGregor back and uh, we'll have to see where it goes but that's going to conclude MMA minded number 12 I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and make sure you stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better more amazing from here. Don't forget, the world is in our hands. Let's do something with it.